Welcome to the Moving Forward Podcast. This is your host, Corey Cottrell. We got my very good buddy and highly caffeinated Rio Veronier. Hey, guys. <laughs> and uh, we've got to, uh, Becca, OG, 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 Yang Gang, and one of the first Moving Forward guests we ever had uh, on the podcast today. Becca, if you could please uh, introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we can get on to uh, uh, shitting on the uh, DHD. I am the uh, hurricane known as Becca. Um, I, uh, yeah, I started volunteering with Yang 2020. Uh, it was like right in the beginning of January 2019. Um, I got connected with some people there, started just helping around with, with social media and, and trying to establish our presence on all these different platforms. And then around the September staff expansion or whatever, once they made that big announcement of bringing in all these people, they basically brought me up from like what I was doing. Um, and so I worked, I was an employee from September through to the end of the campaign. Um, I guess it depends where, where do we want to, what direction do we want to go first in though? Yeah, so, um, so I want to talk about the ways that you know, the DHD and Unity 2020 and all that stuff um, are symptoms of toxic problems within the Yang Gang itself uh, and get your perspective on where all that fit into those internal dynamics in the campaign. I mean, I know you were specifically on the social media side of it, but in my opinion, that was kind of the best department of the Yang campaign, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, so they did the best work as far as I could tell. So, uh, and you took um, a side within, within the, the Yang gang about like strategy and rhetoric and coalition building that was a lot closer to my own approach to it. Um, and so I remember while we were watching, you know, for example, the rise of like the, the populism in, within the Yang gang, the kind of Bernie Bolshevik burn it all down people and the, the Trumpkin people um, were increasingly dominating the Yang gang in a way that you and I were both concerned about at the time. Um, and I know that you said within, within um, the campaign, there was a lot of back and forward about how to try to reach more people, how to reach more mainstream Democrats. Um, and it related to their approach to media in general. Um, so you were more on, on, you know, on, on the same side as me in the sense that you believe that the campaign needed to reach out more and you were getting a lot of no's. So I wanna to talk to you about that in the context, especially now with this, um, you know, dark horse duo, hashtag unity 2020 thing going on, all of the most toxic members of the Yang gang are just jumping all over that and they're gonna help reelect Donald Trump as a consequence of it. So I, I wanna kind of go to the way back machine and talk about how the campaign got to that point, why it failed to broaden its coalition and, and, and that kind of stuff from, from your perspective. So first, I mean, I want to I want to preface this by saying that like a lot of how we had to go about figuring out some of that more tonal stuff, a lot of that had to work via inference, where it was like they they wouldn't really, no one would really ever tell me exactly like do this, but it would be like you would bring something up and certain ideas would get shot down and certain. So you just you you eventually you just kind of learn to read the temperature of like where things are trying to go. But like one of the things that I was always pretty adamant about is that like, I think political action looks pretty bad when it's obviously astroturfed. Like if you can tell something's, something's clearly organized. So we were always trying to figure out how to 
seem natural, uh, organic, I guess would be more the term. And personally, that was always kind of like, honestly, the arguments that I remember most having with people would be like, we need to create this digital trending machine where we're going to, we're going to make a discord server and we're going to, we're going to use it to coordinate all of these, these trends, these hashtags at the right time. And we're going to use it to dominate the media. And I'm like, that seems like a very low return investment. It seems like the type of thing where it's like you, it, it's almost like spray painting where it's like, if, if it's not something real, people are just going to go and there's like, Oh, well, this is, this is almost like vandalism. They just, they just organize all the tweets for this. Like it doesn't, it doesn't connect. It's not persuasive. And, and my worry was always, but it is fun. It's really freaking cool. Like I, I was a UBI nerd for years before the end game came along. And so when the end game did appear, right. And, and there's this opportunity of like all these conversations that you used to have with people and they'd just be like universal income. What the, what? Um, so having that opportunity for people to amplify their voices in that way is is it's distracting almost like it, it it threatens to take up all of your of the attention and and the the in terms of the people it reaches and the people it influences mm. it, it it's like a a feedback right yeah and and I would say in terms of what's happening with the dark horse doing it really, it, to me at least, and, and I've got my limited, you know, I, I only saw one angle of thing, but it, it fits in that same slot of like, we don't have anything, like really as, a, as an advocate for universal basic income at this exact moment in time, what's the most meaningful action you can take? Yeah, it's definitely not that. And I, I do want to say too, like as far as creating the, uh, uh, creating that engine, like, and it was, it was fun. It was fun to watch. Mm -hmm. But I think to your point, it has created a, a, an echo chamber such that if something is trending on Twitter, they think other people see it. Yes. And, and that it is by, you know, perforce real and something that has become part of the body politic when in fact it hasn't, it's, it, you know, is it 10,000 people that have tweeted a thing and they all see it? Yes, that's it. There's 300 million people in this country, right? So it just, it, it, it's, it's irrelevant. And to then further your point, when they start talking about this absolutely ridiculous idea of running a third party candidate, right? Yeah. It, it, it feels real to them because it's, they made a thing trend that time, right? And yeah. so yeah. clearly, there's so many disaffected, again, 10,000 people on Twitter is going to feel like a lot, even though it's probably more like a thousand, like it, 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 they're going to feel like there's going to be this groundswell of, mm -hmm. of, of Americans that are going to come out of the woodwork and vote for the first time. And, and you're going to get your fucking unicorns and ponies and everything's going to be amazing. And where, where I just had to, and again, I've been ranting about this and I'm not letting anyone off on it. Like, Oh, why are you being mean? Cause you're being fucking stupid. Like, like, it's, there's no time for this, right? Donald Trump's president. We could actually be doing something for UBI. We could actually be doing something for ranked choice voting. And you are, wait for it, shooting yourself in the dick with a bazooka. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, but it's really hard 
to look at this moment in time, right? When the thing we have to do is we, ha we have to get the madman out of the White House. We, ha we just, it, like, as, as an ideological leftist, right? I don't want to, like, you know, celebrate what right wing, whatever, but, like, put George W. Bush back. Like, at least he seemed to have some concept of keeping people safe, even if it, like, didn't always work out for us. Like, it's, it's just so obvious that we have this existential threat from, from four more years of Trump, and it's and it's hard to take that. I think that back seat for UBI to just be like, this is not our specific moment. Yeah. But, so what? What? Let, let me uh, follow some ask offer some follow up observations that you can kind of riff on, Becca. Mm -hmm. But what I'm hearing from you is that um, you know social media for Yang's campaign um, was very good at kind of, um, how do I put this, kind of coordinating Andrew Yang supporters on social media in order to get things trending. And if that happens, so like if you get something trending on Twitter, um, you know, maybe the, me the media will pick up on it, right? The real media. And that's how it actually gets heard. That's how the message actually gets out to real regular voters. So like trending on Twitter is a means to an end, right? Yeah. It's not, you know, an end in itself. Um, but what, what, what happened is because um, the campaign wasn't really all that interested in branching out beyond the Yang Gang, it just became this feedback loop where Yang Gang were talking to each other and every now and then the media would run with a story about it and that would actually reach regu regular voters. But um, within social media, there was very little attempt to branch beyond that initial Yang Gang base in the first place. It was like this idea that if you could just keep getting things trending, then the base would automatically grow when in practice, you need to have a conscious strategy within media to actually, to actually broaden that base. And you're not going to broaden the base by just having them talk to each other. And I don't, I don't necessarily agree that we're not broadening the base. The problem is that we are moving so much faster in this insular Twitter kind of yanking world. And like Andrew's out, like he's out, like one of the most encouraging things I've seen is like Tim Ryan loves us. Tim Ryan loves the yanking. Like you guys could probably get Tim Ryan to come on moving forward. He loves, he loves the yang. Although if you're breaking up with the yang gang, maybe not. <laughs> I, I am not, okay, specifically. Good. Okay, Corey, uh, you get Tim Ryan to come on. I remember thinking when Tim Ryan first declared he was going to run against Nancy Pelosi in 2016, I was just like, who, the, who, who are you? Why? Like, why should I care? But I, I, think, I think he's a coalition builder. Um, but we, we, we need to be a little patient. Like, we need to really, the only, the most, you know, there, there's one campaign so far, uh, Erica, uh, Simone Rhodes, who's running, declared for 2022, right? And that was like the first time someone was like, oh yeah, I'm running for office at a point where I can actually plan for it and prepare for it, right? It, people, people need things to do, but they need things to do that won't burn them out. And that's my real worry, Dark Horse 2. Because like, look at the rhetoric coming out of Dark Horse 2. What are, what are they promising? They're promising like some huge revolution and, and, a, and a major chain. Oh, this is going to be it. I, I just worry about like the, the people who got activated into politics this election 
and they had they had faith in Yang, and now they're going to have faith in this thing. Like, how much, how many times can you lose before you just go, ah, eh, well, you know, politics is going to lose. So that's that's my real real worry is I don't want people just determining from the the insane expectations that this sets that oh yeah it's it's nothing. And it, I, I, that's that's definitely part of the frustration, right? I mean, it the two sides of the coin for me always like again, like I started uh, podcasting a little bit before the 2016 election, and and, and obviously uh, got really into it afterwards. Like there was a year and a half where I was going live every single day because I didn't do enough, right? And and now here we are. Like I was one of those guys assuming Hillary Clinton couldn't lose. Uh, but I was still operating under the old rules where you didn't steal elections because I'm a naive jackass. Anyway, so I'm fixing that now, right? And, th- yeah. and that 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 is obviously a, a huge amount of work. But in that process, you sort of get a, 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 I guess, a higher resolution of what politics actually looks like when you're maybe in the trenches actually fighting real wars as opposed to imaginary ones. Yeah. Um, and... You know the 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 which is why I, I, people watch this, you know, listen to the podcast already know. But like the the idea that you know if you asked any of the the, the like if you asked Brett what his I you know feeling was around the Supreme Court, he doesn't even know what the fuck it does. I guarantee you, he doesn't know what it does, or nope. he just doesn't fucking care. Brett Weinstein. Oh, oh Brett he knows. Yeah, he knows what the Supreme Court does. <laughs> but or so he doesn't care. He's so privileged that like white rich asshole doesn't care, right? And so it doesn't care about people who are more vulnerable than he is. Like, if you seriously do not care enough about a 7-2 theocratic, insane Supreme Court for the next 40 years, enough to drop this fucking dog shit idea, then, I mean, and again, the really frustrating thing is people that are completely, totally new to politics, that, that don't know and are ignorant of that because they just haven't gotten far that far down the rabbit hole yet, Right, like I feel bad for them because like you're literally like taking a section of these people that were disaffected, that were activated in politics. Both, you know, important that you're activated in politics for whatever reason you you show up, but then you're literally just offering them heroin, and it's gonna have a hangover. And they're and and it's all time we could have spent doing something that wasn't fucking stupid. Yeah, that's that's a that's a really good analogy. Is is essentially you're they're they're like there's a little bit of a withdrawal from you know having faith that Yang was going to win and then he didn't, right? Yeah. And and to grow and to be healthy and to to be stronger in the future, there has to be like a healthy grieving process where you go, okay, well, this is what happened. This is what went wrong. And and you're you're walking into someone and you're just giving them like hard drugs because yeah, then, then it's great for a bit. And then the come down is even worse and they're even more likely to just be like, well, this Yang idea was so great and we demanded it so hard and people still didn't listen. So it's pointless. And, and I don't know, I, I guess that's a road that like most people walk, you know, most people don't vote and, and, and that's the path they end up on. And it's like, after several election cycles, I mean, this is why I got pissed off at the, the, the Bernie Sanders people back in 2016, because it was the same it was the same thing with the with the uh, convention where they were they, they spent all this time crying and moaning about the the super delegates and then all the elections passed and all of a sudden Bernie's like 
excuse me, superdelegates, you could reconsider? So it's like, yeah, that that attitude, I don't know, the 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 chasing after the, the Don Quixote tilting windmills, it's it's toxic. Yeah, it and it and it burns people up over time. Um yeah. So that's kind of what I was getting at when I was talking about the disagreements within the yin gang. And I, I, I understand you, obviously, if you, if you put it to the leadership of the campaign, do we want to broaden Yang's base? They're going to say yes, right? I, wasn't, I, I, I didn't mean to give the impression that like they were opposed to broadening the base. Yeah. But, the, the, but, the, but the point is, at every opportunity when they're given a chance to broaden the base, they did it. They always doubled down on, we need, we just have to keep, um, you know, energizing the base to do more on Twitter, to do more on Facebook or whatever. So it was a feedback loop. And I think that the way, the way I would look at this is that Yang Gang was made up of about 80% of Yang Gang was populists. About 80% of Yang Gang are people who are on the wrong side of the real divide. About 80% of Yang Gang were either Bernie Bolshevik, burn it all down people or Trumpkins. And so broadening the base would have been synonymous with using non-populist rhetoric, right? And Yang did that a little bit, but the challenge that he was presented with was that he was somebody who was trying to, and I support the strategy of his completely, but he, his goal, if you read his book, was clearly that he wanted to, to attract populists and then channel that energy and frustration in a positive direction, right? And he succeeded at attracting the populists, but he failed at channeling it in a positive direction. And he also failed at attracting non-populists. We were in the minority of the Yang. Gang. Yeah, and, and, and it was, it was for me, it's like if the, the populist aspects of Yang, like I probably would not have gone for as populist a candidate, except that when he started talking, and I think this goes to what he was talking about in the book with, with converting populists, he had this perfectly laid out theory of how universal basic income could bring, could, could unite these sort of left and right wing impulses, the left wing impulse to make things better and the right wing impulse to live under a sort of set of standards and rules. And, and I, if, if there's any tactical mistake the campaign made, I think there were people that were like, and I know because I caught, this is stuff that I thought at the, same, at the time too, was like, okay, well, Bernie's in the race, so we're not going to win the left wing. So we really need to get, we really need to get the right wing. How do we get the right wing? Well, we, we can appeal over there and then hopefully once we get those right wingers, then it's going to be able to prove to the Democrats, oh, UBI is a bipartisan idea. And if they see that, then we'll all come together. That was like the theory of the case, right? And the problem is that if you if there's not a re like if if you're still down at one or two percent, Republicans don't give a shit enough to like go out and, and be actively supportive of Yang in a way that was that was gonna make that impression. It was like they put the cart, you know, they wanted to get the the shiny prize of oh, we converted Republicans before building up the base of the people they would need to win a democratic primary. Right, yeah, yeah. No, I definitely don't think that going for Republicans in a democratic primary is a good strategy. I meant like conservative Democrats, moderate Democrats, basically anybody other than Bernie Sanders supporters. So um, 
he had an impossible battle and he did better than most of us realistically thought he could. So I'm not saying that there was some huge failure of leadership or anything like that. Like they were, you know, they were fighting an uphill battle that was almost guaranteed to lose no matter how well they did it. Um, but nevertheless, it can still be helpful to learn from mistakes that might've been made along the way. And fa fast forwarding to now, what I'm, what I'm seeing is the reason that so much of the Yang gang has completely given up on Yang's pragmatic vision of humanity first and has now just gone right back to Dark Horse duo Unity 2020 crap is precisely because he did fail on that second front. He, he got the attention of populists, but then he failed to de-radicalize them. And maybe that's because he didn't have a strategy for de-radicalizing them other than winning, right? Um, and that's, I, that's a mistake. I just want to offer one little bit. It's like, we're probably talking about 20 people on Twitter, right? Like active voices. Yeah. I know there's a lot of other people or whatever, right? Yeah, Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Because I, like, I talked this morning, right? and I'm sure it's bigger than that, but like still tiny, even as a function of, of, uh, uh, of Andrew Yates' coalition. Or yeah, forward, whatever the fuck yeah, yeah. Right? Okay. So this morning, we had Ron Russell, uh, who is the head of the Arizona uh, um, Yang Gang, um, started the Arizona uh, 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 Humanist Coalition, some fucking humanist thing. Great guy, like legitimately fucking fantastic guy. Considers himself uh, uh, Yang Gang to this second and is actively back backing a, a, a local candidate, is building uh, 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 you know, infrastructure on the ground, uh, you know, under the, the Yang Gang banner. You don't hear about that because he's just out there doing the work, not offering dumb ideas on Twitter, right? Yeah. So. You know, while I took my blue hat off on Twitter because, you know, I think we need to start thinking a little bit bigger. And quite frankly, like some people with blue hats, I'm not on their team. Like that, yeah. that's really what it boils down to. They're, the way that they're headed is directly opposed to what I am building and what I'm trying to accomplish in a way mm -hmm. that I can't thread. Like that, we're not on the same side. But this Ron yeah. Russell guy, like local Yang gang, like he's – not only on the right side of the real divide, he's like right sitting on top of the hill doing the work. And I, I don't want to disparage the, the, I think, vast majority still of people that would consider themselves Yang Gang that aren't rage tweeting um, as, you know, really, really good and, and well, doing important work. Well, I certainly agree with you that we don't want to, I mean, I'm not, certainly I'm not saying that everybody who associated themselves with Yang Gang or the Blue Hat who did or still does is part of the bad side of the real divide. I'm just saying that, um, you know, statistically speaking, out of all the candidates in the primary, we've seen the, the numbers, the one who the largest number of them would not commit to voting for the nominee was Yang, right? So, I mean, it's just not, just not true that a majority of Yang gang are, you know, with the program. They're not. The majority of Yang gang are not with the program. Um, and so it's not just anecdotes on Twitter. That's the problem. Um, so I Two guess like, earlier, Leo, yeah, go quick. ahead, please. But Andrew's point, Andrew's idea was that he was, he was not a populist, but he was going to lead populists. And I, I wonder if that's just kind of a workable model of like, well, I mean, a lot of the Yang gang's still populist, but that doesn't mean in four years another person's not going to be able to come along and say the right things like Andrew did. 
Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think, oh, I'm sorry. Did you finish your thought? Please, please finish. I, I, I was, yeah, go on. Yeah, go on. I was on board with the plan when you get it. And, and part of the reason I'm interested in having this conversation is because I hope somebody else comes along and does it. Somebody mm-hmm. needs to reach out to these people who feel unheard and help them feel, help them find their voice, help them claim their agency, help them be heard um, and steer it into a productive direction. Um, but I'm just noticing like, I, I again, he probably had an impossible task. So this is not reflecting poorly on Yang. I think he did an amazing job, but you know, he didn't really succeed at de-radicalizing most of them. And, and the way that Yang gang has just kind of fallen apart as since he dropped out and the, the way, the fact that so many people are unwilling to even acknowledge that he did drop out, <laughs> frankly, <laughs> um, is, is a, is a sign that the de-radicalizing part, didn't work. But you know what? If he only de-radicalized, you know, five or 10% of them, then that's, you know, five or 10% more of that group who are going to vote for Biden now. And that's a good thing. And I think even, even more than that, I think, I think you might be right about, well, and, and again, you were right about the, the, the numbers. I think it was like 75 or 80% or of it was way too high. It was scary. It was, yeah. It was insane. You're, you're, you're fundamentally right about those numbers completely stipulated that point. Yeah. Um, but meeting people that are doing that kind of work on the ground, like Doreen uh, uh, Elkins is another one, is a fan of the show. Uh, shout out Doreen. Um, and, you know, hangs out with uh, uh, the hashtag coffee crew now as well, but is, is deeply, you know, uh, focused on, on local politics, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. I focus on those stories because again, I'm like just super fascinated and hyper-focused on finding the helpers and quite frankly, airlocking everyone who doesn't want to help. Um, and that, that includes everybody who's actively, actively shooting themselves in the dick with a bazooka. They're not helping anyone. Um, and yes, I really, really do enjoy just repeating that endlessly. That is a thing that, that is on me. <laughs> so that's my bad. Anyway. Um, yeah. So there, if that, to your point, Rio, that five or 10%, you know, those, those people are, are deciding to play the long game. They're deciding to get into the, 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 the nitty gritty of the machinery of politics at a, at a local level to start building up that, that groundswell that makes UBI inevitable. Um, and I just, I want to make sure that I'm uh, just showing us, uh, shedding as much sh- sunlight on them as possible while, uh, yes. while I'm, while I'm shitting on people that are trying to run a third party candidate and trying to help Trump win. I mean, that's all you fuckers are doing. Like that's literally well, also, the sum also- total net result. Is even, helping a even, Nazi. Yeah, no, and even some of the people who are doing it in a more pragmatic way, um, they still seem to think that the only way to do it is to primary people. That's not true. Like, you, you, it's actually easier to persuade people who are already in office than it is to defeat them in a primary, right? I mean, it, we it, should it, do both. Hard. We should do both. But also, I mean, like, let, let's imagine, let's say, for example, that somebody does manage to unseat an establishment Democrat a centrist, evil, evil establishment Democrat and replace them with a UBI candidate. If that person doesn't win the general election, then that just means that the Democratic Party has less votes, has fewer votes for the UBI when it comes up, right? So I, 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 think, I think we have to we have to be practical in the sense that persuading existing people is actually more important then replacing the people who are in power, we can definitely try to do both angles. But like that gets to the heart of the whole disagreement here between, you know, the Yang gang who won't vote for Biden and the minority of them who will. The, those of us who are going to vote for Biden understand that having an administration with Andrew Yang in it, who is able to speak to people in the administration, who is able to persuade people in 
Congress, you know, Yang will be involved in strategy, writing policy, um, reaching out to Congress. Like he may not be doing all of that stuff himself personally, but he will have the ear of people who are doing all of those things, right? Even if he's not in the administration, he will. Like Yang, Yang just went on Joe Biden's podcast. Like, yeah, like he, he is talking, and so like, all, all you have to do is just get people like Yang into the bureaucracy of the government, right, one way or another, and winning a primary isn't, isn't the easiest way to do that. It's kind of the hardest way to do it. But so the they're just not taking, they're not taking into account the benefit of just having a party that will at least listen to you. Yeah, and I think kind of what that comes down to is like one one kind of interesting thought experiment is like, uh, yeah, someone who's going to like phone bank for the next Mike Boy here and you ask him like, well, would you phone bank for Tim Ryan? Because the, the thing that I think like, if we want to persuade members of Congress, we have this idea that the Yang Gang is this very potent digital army. But if it only if if an army only fights for itself, then another bigger army is going to come in and wipe us out. But if we are mercenaries, if it's like a candidate like Charles Booker, who we know is like kind of sympathetic to UBI, but it wasn't part of his his centerpiece, maybe maybe in the future other candidates are going to go, oh if I talk up UBI a little bit, I'm going to get this swelling of support. And yeah, that's, that's the stuff. If we, if we get, if, if, if we can get like a junior congressperson to just think that the Yang gang can be helpful to them, that's huge, but we have to do it. And, and that's the type of thing that like, you're not going to feel awesome phone banking for Tim Ryan. It's not, there's not that sense of personal gratification of, of building your own thing that I think that's what's really big for the, the dark horse duo people is it's people that are all, they, they all want to like, eh, man, you know, I, I don't think any of them are going to be too drastically broken up if it fails, but I think they want an opportunity to do something where they can say, Hey, look, I did that. I mean, it's sweet. I love telling people like, Hey, I helped, you know, I was part of helping build the Yang Gang up. It's awesome. I love it. It's great. It's 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 so much fun. So I, I get it, but they're it, it picking their picking our battles, their battles, your battles. I, I kind of leave my relationship to the Yang Gang vague because I think it's more fun that way. Um, I do. I want to. I want to reiterate something you just said, so that it's an idea that listeners of this podcast get really excited about yeah. and hopefully we take it up if we had a mercenary crew of a thousand people that would text and phone bank in an organized way um if and, candidate and you, and a point. right yeah. exactly candidate a cuts a deal with the three of us and says yeah. hey listen like i'm explicitly gonna back ubi I'm explicitly going to back rank choice voting, uh, but you know I'm not for Medicare for all, and like I like I don't know fucking clean coal or some stupid shit, yeah. right? Clean coal is like a, a really good example because I already <laughs> want to beat up this person, but again, <laughs> fine, right? Um, yeah, if that yeah. was if that was the thing that we could do though, suddenly we would actually be something that 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 junior Congress people would be vying for actively, right? 
and I, and I think we tried to, I, there were people that tried to build that in the aftermath of the campaign. And the problem is, I think, at least, at least from my point of view, is what we did is, is we had, and I, I don't want to, I don't ever want to speak against someone who's deciding to run for office because I think that's like the foundation of our functioning democracy is if we have a ton of people trying to run for office, but by making it about our own homegrown candidates first, and maybe, maybe you could say, boy, here's not an example of that because he didn't, he didn't, uh, he was not pro UBI to begin with. Um, so maybe that is, maybe that is a case study for that. But the, the, the sense in which it has to feel like it's our people, mm -hmm. that's the thing that's going to make us useless. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I just keep increasingly dissociating myself from the Yang gang. And, and I, at this point, I think I'm just about ready to break up with them, to be honest. But part, part of that is because um, if you think about it, there really is no such thing as the Yang gang. I mean, what, what even is it? It's, it's, this, it's this disparate group of people who have close to nothing in common other than the fact that it's for one reason or another coming at it from wildly different directions, they happen to back this candidate in the primary. That's it, right? Well, so like when, so when Yang dropped out of the primary, it kind of was inevitable that Yang Gang would, you know, devolve into all of the different factions that it was before. I'm much more interested in humanity first than in the Yang Gang. Andrew Yang is not a candidate anymore, right? So like being Yang Gang is kind of meaningless. What we need to do is we need to work on ideas, not because Yang supported them, but for the reasons that we liked Yang. We liked Yang because of his ideas, at least some of us did. Um, and so like, we, need to, we, need to, we need to carry on with that stuff. And, 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 and he didn't even originate them. Well, we'll get into a big argument with you and it's very important to them. It's part of their identity. I'm Yang Gang through and through. Don't you dare tell me I'm not Yang Gang unless I vote for Joe Biden. I mean, like, so what does it mean to be Yang Gang then? What does it mean? Like, what, what, what is yeah. the, what, you know? So like, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm done with it. Humanity first is something that I'm more interested in and moving society forward, um, it means getting past the cult of personality of Andrew Yang. And, and like, so Rebecca, I want to really double down on what you just said, because I think you're 100% right. This idea that we're only going to work hard for candidates who actually came up as part of the Yang gang, that's mm -hmm. a huge mistake. They're yeah. not experienced. They don't have money, right? They don't have connections. They're not, most of them, there are exceptions. There are some very credible candidates. Um, we've had a couple of them on the show. We've also had a few on the show who are less credible candidates, not on the basis of whether or not they happen to have been part of the Yang gang. Yes. And, and even yes. more importantly, we should be trying to reach people who are already in office. And the people who won't vote for Biden are just preventing Andrew Yang from doing that exact thing. I, yeah, I, I, I would agree. I, again, I, I would say that, yeah, that, that the people who are, as I described it, peacocking their, their anti-support for Biden, they're just going around like, I mean, like, that are, that are proud. Like, again, I, I remember seeing that 48% figure. And I remember telling people, hey, this is evidence that the Democratic Party can expand their base if they pick Yang as the nominee. Which is true, but it's also true that those people are jackasses. 
Yeah, so I want to talk about the, we, we don't have a lot of time left, so I want to talk a little bit about the, the Dark Horse duo thing a little bit more because that is sort of the direction that the Yang Gang has evolved into. There are people who, who transitioned from Yang Gang to Biden 2020. I would argue those people are still humanity first. But the people who went from Yang Gang to Dark Horse duo or Unity 2020, they are not really humanity first. Um, and so I, I, look, I, looked in, I looked into the, the Unity 2020 argument a little bit more. Um, and the whole premise behind it is completely ignorant. Because basically the idea is that you have two people, they're going to make the presidency into two, into two people instead of one person. And there's going to be a center-right person drafted by the people, whatever the hell that means. There's no explanation for what that would even mean. And a center-left person drafted by the people. Um, and then they will only do things if they both agree about it, right? And so they're basically turning the, the presidency into two people. Okay, never mind the fact that this, this third party can, set of candidates isn't going to win. The idea that you have to turn the presidency into two people is something that only somebody who thinks the president is the king would, con would conceive of, right? In order, if you think that's gonna be an improvement, it must be because you think the president has too much power, right? Well, no, the president, all, like the president, has very little power. The president has to balance his power against other branches of the government. That's the whole point. Well, the president <laughs> is not a power, but it's it's not sexy power. That's the real thing. Is like Trump is 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 radically consequential in all of these different ways. It's just none of them are. I decree we would have a basic income. Yeah, like, exactly. You do that. Um, but I don't know. We, we may have to. We may have to cut this over to bonus con or something like you know Patreon content. But does anyone want to see me make sense of the Dark Horse duo? I can. I can. I can prop comedy you making sense of the Dark Horse duo. I mean, as long as it's as long as it's prop comedy, I'm I'm here for that. This this is what I think of every time I think of the Dark Horse duo. It's like if I want the Dark Horse duo to make sense, it's going to make sense right about five seconds from now, right? <laughs> okay we oh, will not no, describe that you will only be able to see that joke if you are a patreon supporter well done becca Actually, I, we're running out of time unfortunately um do you, i don't do you, even do you, think it was a joke i think it was just scientific <laughs> proof all right Corey, do you want to do it this time sure moving forward is our gumbo and also don't let friends shoot themselves in the dick with a bazooka Thank you very much for listening to the Moving Forward podcast. Rio and I are so excited that the Humanity First movement is moving forward. Something you can do to help is go to movingforwardpod.com where you can find us on social media, read our blog, and support us on the Patreon. Right, Rio? Right. I'm sending this to Rebecca. Oh, you already did. I did already. I did already. Oh man. So my, I've been like heating and icing and being flat all day, except for the coffee and what we're doing here. Yeah. Must be and nice. I just realized I was like fucking standing here dancing and singing like an asshole. <laughs> Cause.